What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Expansion Pack Podcast, where we download this week's gaming news. And you already know we bring it straight to you. It's episode 59. Um, we got a lot to talk about this week, just like we just like we did last week. Still a lot to talk about as far as this Activision Blizzard deal. Um, but, you know, we're here. We're going to talk about games. I'm your boy, Black Ice, joined by my co-host, Goopmaster Flex. What's going on, bro? You're no stay gooping. They gooping. And then, of course, we got my guy down low here, Mr. May 25th, 525. God damn it. Yeah, we here. Uh, we here talking about some games. We still kind of are in shock. <laughs> it's been like, what, almost a week? Nah, huh, close a week. Still yeah, it like, feels well, like it was yesterday. So It, it yeah. basically was yesterday, yeah. but, but the, I mean, the whole industry is still reeling, right? Like, there's still... Yeah, man. News trickling in, conversations to be had, and this, that, and the other. I mean, again, you know, like like I said last week, this is something that we're going to be talking about for the whole year. I mean, it's just inevitable. We're going to keep getting news. I mean, the, the deal itself won't actually be official until maybe next year, maybe June. Who, who knows, you know? Um, they did say fiscal year 2023, so I think that yeah. for them starts in June, so... Uh, yeah. I'd be. I look forward to uh, getting like another stream, like they did with Bethesda. You know, it'd be cool to like get to know all the mm-hmm. different studios. And yeah, yeah. I'm sure they'll probably do it a little differently this time around, but you know, who knows? Mm-hmm. Definitely be cool to see. Um, but yeah, guys. Again, it's been an interesting week. Um, you know, we don't we don't do this every week, but you know, I feel like it's been enough time. You want to talk about, you know, what we've been playing this week. Um anybody been touching any Activision games just for the just for the sake of it? Or Manny, what about you? What have you been doing? I know I remember we played Warzone a bit. I don't oh, know yeah, if yeah. that was yeah, I don't know if that was uh before or after the acquisition. I forgot when exactly, but I think that um, might have been Monday. I think that might have been before. Actually, yeah, yeah, that was Monday. So it was before <laughs> the acquisition. Enough. <laughs> you know, it's funny because, yeah. like, you know, we're out here talking crap about the game, and the next thing you know, it's like, oh, it's it's Activision. You know, we got to love them. <laughs> it's funny. I think the first thing, one of the first things we said afterwards was like, oh, bet they're going to fix Call of Duty. Because remember, remember, like, that Monday we were playing, and, like, the game was just, I don't know, whatever they did with that Pacific update, like, we couldn't get into a game together. Um, uh, the the map in that Pacific map, like things keep popping in and out. It's just very different from Verdant. Sound was bad. Yeah. Like you like you said, we couldn't get Danny in the game. Even just getting to a lobby itself was pretty bad. It was just a mess. I mean, not only Warzone, but like Modern Warfare and Cold War, I've heard has been having the same issues where like the sound is just botched and you really can't like hear anything. So hopefully they fix that sometime soon because you can't just have like broken game, you know? Especially if that's like your money maker. Can't. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing we were complaining about on Monday too, because I think that's when we went to go re-download the game. Why is the game still? Why is Warzone still tied to Modern Warfare? Like mm-hmm. it should that's be its, what's fucking it up, its own download. It should be its own download. There shouldn't be all this extra shit involved. Just give me like the eighty gigs and and let it be. You know, like the fact that I have to download this extra pack and do this and do that, and it's just. 
it's it's been a mess. You know, the game's been yeah. long due for a next gen upgrade and all that kind of stuff. But nope, still tied into Warzone. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. At least you can delete all this stuff, but you know, but still. That's yeah, no. definitely asking a lot for people to do, though. Like, who wants to go through all your game settings and do all that dumb shit? Like, that's annoying. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's annoying. <laughs> trash, 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 trash. But, uh, Chris, what about you, man? What have you been playing this week? Um, I've barely been playing anything. I might have turned Destiny off for, like, an hour and then turned it back off. Um, I don't know. I've been uh, trying to catch up on a little bit of movies and stuff here and there. I haven't gamed at all, to be honest with you, much. So... Mm-hmm. It's been a light week for your boy. A very, very light week for your boy. Uh, I, don't know, I guess I'm kind of just waiting for these next couple months to best because that's when like gaming for me in particular, and I'm sure you gentlemen as well, is going to start really picking up. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of in a weird space where uh, I do need to start streaming and all that stuff again. So I'm going to force myself to play a couple different games that I've been waiting to play for a while. Mm-hmm. But in terms of something that's got my blood flowing and just mm, I can't wait I don't got that right now ain't, ain't no game that kind of like gets me excited type of thing not, not currently so it's you know. funny that you say that because I feel like I'm in the exact same place and that's exactly why I just randomly picked up Grand Theft Auto Online um, <clears throat> I think I think a couple of our friends this week were like uh, trying to, I think they all hopped on and they were getting ready to do a heist or something like that. And I was like, you know what? I haven't fired up this game in forever. <laughs> okay, why? And you know, not to mention, I've been like grabbing a whole uh, a ton of like free stuff from my um, Amazon Prime account, like attached to that game. Yeah. <clears throat> so I just had a bunch of stuff stacked up. Like I had all these businesses and offices and buildings and yada 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 just stacked up. I was like, you know, what? I should probably just start playing this game. So I think it's, I think it was Wednesday. Wednesday or Thursday from Wednesday or Thursday up until that, like I've just been playing that game like every day. I don't know. I don't know what, what happened. I've just been like addicted to it now. Just been grinding, getting money, getting jobs, getting businesses, got some dope ass cars. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just like mm-hmm. I'm back into GCA. Uh, I don't know where I still think the mechanics are very dated. Um, <laughs> can I just have me more excited for six, you know, can I wait yeah, for six yeah. to come out? I'm also curious. Um, when is when is this uh, next gen update thing happening? Like, what's going on there? It was supposed to come in what November supposedly, and now now it's where March, are we? I think is that confirmed? Yeah, I, I remember it showing in a what is it called the trailer when so when they had their showcase when they showed like Spider Man two and stuff like that. Okay. All right. March. I believe so. At least, you know, oh. sorry. Maybe, maybe it's spring and I'm thinking March. I'll take it. I mean, that could still be the same. Yeah. It could, it could still yeah. be technically the start I, of. I'm waiting though because the game looked a little uh, jaggedy. You know what I'm saying? I want that 4K60. <laughs> it, definitely looks, it definitely looks a little jaggy. Definitely is. Definitely. Uh, it needs that update. I mean, I, I still think this is one of those things that even if GTA 6 comes out, I still think GTA Online will live on and, you know, like just kind of like we talked about the Warzone, like Warzone will live on forever. I think GTA Online will live on for a very long time. They may find a way to, you know, if GTA 6 is in a new location, they'll just find some way to bridge that location. Maybe, you know, just like they had the, what's that, uh, that heist we were talking about today when we did submarine? Uh, Sky Perico. Yeah. So like, what if, you know, in theory, like with Kyle Perico, you just have to, get a plane or hop on a plane and then you go to a new place that's in GTA six. And that's your extension of, you know, but some expansion pack or something like that. 
No pun intended. But that would be stupid though, though, because like then you have to get a whole plane. Man. Hey, I mean, you had to get a whole submarine for that heist, right? Yeah, yeah but like you know, if I'm paying sixty dollars for a game, I don't want to have to buy a whole plane to get to a new island. I'm not saying you necessarily have to buy the plane. Like they could give it to you. You know, it's like oh well, if you buy GTA Six, we'll give you the plane. But if you don't buy GTA Six. You have to spend three million dollars, and then you get the plane, and then you can go get go to this new place. I mean, I'm I'm sure they'll figure out some way to do it, but um, I yeah, I mean, I agree. Though I hope they somehow connect it because you know, yeah, you're grinding your butt off, but it depends on you know how GTA Six is if it's going to be current time or past, like they did with other GTAs. So I don't think they're going to the past. Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, I, the, who knows. Because from from four, what four or five, yeah, four and five, they they were like modern days in their in their time yeah. with Nico, it was modern day and so on. Mm-hmm. We'll see, we'll see. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's enough about what we were playing because uh, we got a <laughs> lot more to talk about with the Activision Blizzard thing. Um, so with that being said, Chris, I'm gonna hand it off to you. You you know, break the ice for us, man. Haven't done that in a long time. Felt good. Felt good. All right, y'all. This week's icebreaker. We spent a lot of time bragging on Nintendo and some of these other uh, places that kind of like make a lot of games that gear towards the children. However, we don't hate that. We just wish that, you know, it was more of an all around encompassing thing. So we're trying to come up with what game would be or what idea for a game would you have if you could make something that can appeal to children and also get the older crowd as well? There's a couple examples that exist in um, gaming today, but I don't feel like there's a lot of them. You know, a lot of times it's, it's very split down the middle. Or if you are playing a, a children's game, it's because of the nostalgia factor or whatever the case is. What's a new idea that would bring everybody together? That would that would get everybody on one page. That would get the 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 eight year old or not, not yeah the eight year old just as excited to get on as the twenty five year old. What's that idea? You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. for me, this is maybe a little bit of cheating because it's technically something that's been done that just wasn't done well. Um. I really think somebody needs to just go ahead and redo the whole superhero MMO thing. Because to me, that's like a no-brainer. Like it is it's such a no-brainer, it's not even funny. This is something to me that um if done the right way, like I just don't see how this fails. If you put enough customization, enough uh abilities and different looks and all that kind of stuff and uh which we call it, uh, vanity items and all that kind of bullshit, put enough of that in the game. And then make the world feel alive in a sense. I really feel like this would work. Like the Marvel, not Marvel, I'm sorry, uh, the DC Universe game. Mm-hmm. On paper, that game should have worked. Like it, it should have worked. I to this day I sit here and I'm like, I don't get how that shit didn't work because like I, I, I really don't. So I don't know, man. For me, I easily could see a, a, a younger child or younger or youth, I'm gonna say it like that, a youth mm-hmm. playing this game easily. And somebody older being like, oh, yeah, I play that shit. That shit dope. I can see that. You know what I'm saying? Especially if they uh, add a lot of the cool stuff, put a lot of the emotes and all the stuff that the kids love and all that stuff. But then also put in 
a system that literally a completionist or somebody who's really a hardcore player can like dig their teeth into, you know, put all that in the game. I think it's possible with a game like that. But again, that game should have worked. I'm, I'm still flabbergasted about that, man. Because you download the game, you try to play it, and it's complete shit. It's just, it's so <laughs> not it, bro. <laughs> it's, all it's so not it. And, uh, yeah, man, there's no reason why this wouldn't work, in my opinion. This superheroes to me is, is something that I think almost everybody loves, especially in 2022. Really hard for you to mess that up. It's true. So use it. Even if you don't use Marvel or DC. Give us the concept of heroes in a sense of abilities and all that stuff and truly allow us to make our own thing. You could literally strip away all the other bullshit, maybe even bring them in for like cameos or whatever. If you really got them interwoven into storylines, if you can get certain licensing and all that, but you really don't even have to use them. You could get this game over as a superhero MMO without the Marvel or DC tag to it. I really believe that. Absolutely. As long as it looks the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's just me. That's my answer right there. So, mm-hmm. I'm like a thousand percent down for that. That would be super dope. I think. I mean, I I think all three of us would definitely play that. And obviously, kids love superheroes, so definitely be in for it. Um, I do think, do think, I agree that you don't have to tie like a DC or a Marvel in there, but. I don't know. I feel like it, it, it might helps. be. It definitely helps. It, it definitely it helps, definitely but helps. but also like it could be prop. Okay, so let's let's say for example, right? Everybody would want to be Spider Man, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody want to find a character that's similar to Spider Man. You can't without that licensing. You can't like you just can't make a character that's like oh like throw up out a web, and then Marvel's not going to be like or Sony for that matter is not going to be like hey yo, at that check. Cut the check. What y'all doing? What y'all doing? That's that's <laughs> our boy. That's that's our boy Tom right there. What's what's going on? Give me the money. Uh, you know, man. like there's no way there's no way that's gonna happen. So Sony gonna be like, we already lost Call of Duty. We can't lose Spider Man either. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, <laughs> oh, I have nothing left but Spider Man. <laughs> we gonna hold on to him. Damn it! Oh, kill them all if they trying to come for our boy. <laughs> But like I can imagine that that problem could exist for a couple other heroes, right? Like, what if you have a hero that's a little too much like Superman? Now it's like, oh well, hey, you know, DC like might come come for their money. So I think that's probably why nobody has nobody's tried that yet. And I mean, obviously, I don't know why DC or Marvel haven't done it yet because I feel like it's just a easy cash cow. But I mean, I guess they probably also were scared of the fact that you know, like you said. DCA universe should have been a slam dunk and it wasn't. So maybe stay away from that. I don't know. I mean, I feel like the problem with that is like, you know, obviously when the game came out, it was when like that kind of thing. It was just like, I guess in a time where it's not like today where like technology and advance and you could do so much more things now, especially with rigs nowadays and what they can handle. So I could see like why they would be scared but at the same time i feel like they should just take a chance nowadays because i'm sure it definitely would pop up if you have a revamp of a dc universe or even a spider-man universe not spider-man marvel universe if i'm if i'm disney i'm like yo this metaverse thing is popping off let me uh (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) let's make a let's make a marvel metaverse like and that's basically this mmo thing that you're talking about here like that that would be my first like out of any of the properties that disney owns like you could do a star wars universe for sure but 
I would be like, yo, Marvel Metaverse, this is the easiest thing to do. Put it out on all. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how they would work it exactly, but like it would just be like you would just find a way to just make that be like, oh, OK, I can I can play as this character. And like, yeah, no, they they, they need to figure <laughs> that out for sure. Disney, Disney will be a lot of money on the table if they don't try to do something with that. But, yeah, definitely. We'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, Manny, do you have an answer for this one or you <clears throat> first? I mean, I, I got an idea like I don't have an exact game specifically but I feel like the formulas that do work the most for games that would fit for both adults and children is where you have like I can't think of the word now I had the word in my head but I can't think of it but um, you look at games like Roblox and Fortnite and not only the competitive aspect of the game that keeps people coming back to play could, to try to be on top to get that victory for like Fortnite, mm-hmm. but like one thing that's been striving the most is like Fortnite has these different hubs where you can do different things like speed runs or you know maybe prop hunt build battles whatever. And same thing with Roblox where they have like different hubs of games you can do or you can just chill and relax. I remember even seeing like a TikTok where like they had like this little block party going on inside the house. And somebody was like shooting it up. And I was like, yo, what's going on here? Here Roblox is like crazy. So I feel like the perfect formula for like a game like that is like maybe a GTA that is not like you know how yeah like not too violent but like something like that and like if you could somehow make a gta that's like an mmo as well we have like this massive multiplayer group of people like a metaverse kind of game maybe where it's just like maybe you do jobs you know you like how people do role-playing you know like a lot of people like role-playing gta like you know maybe have like a role-playing universe kind of game where you know you just go into go into it be your personality that you decide to be and just like chill with your friends or you know even just meet new people sims but gca online is the sims it's it's funny too because my wife came in the room the other day when i was playing the game and she's like oh, i heard you talking about you were like getting like a penthouse and this and doing a job whatever it's like what are you playing what is this is this like yeah. sims i'm like no it's gta online she's like so yeah the sims i'm like and you're kind of right. Like GTA already is the Sims and yeah. like a metaverse. Uh, GTA is a thousand percent a metaverse within itself. Like GTA online, the way that the ecosystem works and the, the, don't even get me started on that, bro. Like that it was kind of blowing my mind to see how all that stuff worked, like how money works in the game. And like, they, they definitely price things a certain way to not overbalance the economy. And yeah, they're, Rockstar's killing it with that. I didn't really realize that until recently, so I give him big ups for that. But um, but yeah, many. I, I mean, it sounds like you're you're kind of describing basically just some more kid friendly GTA online. Yeah, like that, you know that you would that would you would want to bring like adults into as well. Like you know, one thing that definitely popped up with Grand Theft Auto was the role playing aspect of like these monitors making role playing a thing, and. Like, honestly, if you just, like, somehow make that aspect into, like, an actual game itself, where it's not limited to, like, only 30 players in a lobby, but you just open up to maybe having, like, up to 100 players in a world like that, I definitely think it could pop up for both kids and adults. Okay, okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, I like how there's, like, a metaverse aspect to, like, both of our answers, (laughs) both of the answers so far. (laughs) 
I think yeah. it probably is going to be some, there's a way you can like twist it for my answer too. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to cheat as well and, and reference something that already exists. And I'm actually going to theme it along the lines of our Activision Blizzard conversation here. So Manny, you're probably going to laugh because I think you were in the party when we talked about this game earlier today. But do you guys remember a game from a long time ago called Blur? I remember Blur. I know, yeah. I know you remember Blur, Manny. Chris, you remember Blur? I didn't play it, but I do remember it. All right, it's basically like a more grown-up version of Mario Kart, right? Just bring that back. <laughs> just, <laughs> just bring that back. It would, it would solve exactly what you said. Um, but obviously, you want to modernize it a little bit. So my thought would be that you would essentially cross uh, Forza Horizon with Blur. So an open world. Um, where you could race pretty much at any point that you want, but you still have those power-ups in the world and, you know, you can kind of just ruin people's days with, like, uh, a shockwave power-up power or something like that that kind of, like, you know, freezes your competition or boost or, you know, different things along those lines. Um, it's very simple. It's, like, a very simplistic answer compared to you, you, you guys' answers. But Mario Kart's a pretty simple-ass game, and people really love it. Uh, adults, kids... Grandma, literally everybody loves Mario Kart. It's just a ton of fun. It's it's very simple. It's like you 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 press one button to go, you press one button to break, and you press one button to to throw out the the boost or whatever. And then you know if you get nice with it, you can start power sliding around the corners and whatnot. But mm-hmm. you know that same concept would would attach itself to Blur. You know, Blur is already basically Mario Kart. So if you just find a way to modernize that, like I said with the open world stuff, I think that could be really really cool. And um, you know, again. Just uh, in, in the in the interest of manifesting things on the podcast, bring back Blur, please. Microsoft, bring back Blur, please. That would be dope. Yeah, probably will be. I like all these answers. this week, like an open world Blur, like Forza Horizon, and you just you know, yeah, maybe, yeah. Or I'm just probably thinking too much. <laughs> no, that's exactly that's exactly even, what it yeah. should be. That's exactly what it should be, man. I want it. Bill, <laughs> make it happen, bro. But make it Definitely. happen. Come on, B. For real, for Come real. On. I mean, you know, with that being said, you know, I'm going to pivot into the, the topics that we were going to talk about this week. Um, our boy, Phil, he did pretty much come right out and say that, um, you know, this the, the one big thing that he wants to do with this Activision Blizzard acquisition, whenever it goes down next year, maybe later this year, is that he really does want a number of studios to work on old franchises. Um, he actually did an interview. Let's see here. Speaking with the Washington post following the acquisition. And he said, um, and I quote, I was looking at the IP list and I mean, let's go King's quest guitar hero. And he said, <laughs> he's like, I should know this, but I think they've also got Hexen, which it, it seems like they do. Hexen was a, an old game that was made by Raven studios. Um, he goes on to say, we're hoping that we'll be able to work with these studios when the deal closes to make sure we have the resources to work on franchises that I love from my childhood and that the teams really want to get to. I'm looking forward to these conversations. I really think it's about adding resources and increasing capabilities. So, you know, that blurry game may come about, but, uh, you know, there's obviously there's some other examples like... Um, uh, I think we talked about it last week. So, True Crime is one of them. Um, mm-hmm. Guitar Hero, 
prototype, uh, mm-hmm. Spiral. Tony Hawk. Tony, yeah, well, I, I, you know what? Tony Hawk, I don't consider Tony Hawk dormant. So I feel like it's kind of a. Well, know, then again, they didn't. They stopped that studio from working on new games, right? Or no? Mm-hmm. Did they? I think so. Oh, yeah. Sure. Hmm. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Who knows? <clears throat> I mean, the, the, but again, like even just having that conversation, like the amount of IP that they have to play with is just yeah. like it's mind boggling. <laughs> it's it's mind. Yeah, duff, duff. Um. So yeah, I mean, even knowing the fact that Phil has that in mind, that you know he wants to. <laughs> you know, actually dive into this rich, rich treasure chest of things that they can play with when this acquisition finishes. Um, you know, mm-hmm. even Bobby Kodak, uh, he actually had an interview that said something very similar. He said, you know, he hopes that Guitar Hero and Skylanders, those are two of Activision's pro- most lucrative franchises in the past. Um, he really hopes that Microsoft is able to bring them back. He then went on to say that the reason they shuttered those franchises is because they didn't have the resources to, to get manufacturing down because both of those games really required you to, to have like a more hardware based element. Like Skyland is you had to, you had to actually have the ecosystem to make all those little figurines. Um, and that those figurines were stupid popular. It was like insane mm-hmm. how popular that stuff was. Um, yeah. So, you know, there was that. And then obviously with Guitar Hero, you have to have the infrastructure to be able to pump out the guitars. And, you know, they they were diving more into the rock band stuff. So getting the drums out and all these different aspects. Um, I would imagine that it definitely took a toll on Activision, whereas Microsoft has a hardware division. Probably be a lot easier for them to produce those things in mass. So, you know, it'll be pretty cool. I mean, the, the Skylanders thing would be huge for kids. Kids really love that stuff. Maybe adults. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was definitely a lot of collectors too. Yeah, yo, I'm telling you, man, my a lot of a lot of my experience around gaming and like understanding how people interact with games is is like mainly tied to my time working at GameStop and a brief period of time working at Microsoft. Bro, Skylanders, and I forget the the other thing that was competing with Skylanders at the time. Those were insanely popular, dude. Like people would come in. It's almost like um if you guys think about the pop figures that are out now, yeah, mm-hmm. people will go into the, the stores and wait till like, okay, let's say, let's say Wednesday was when a pop figure or the Skylanders would release, right? There would always be these like set of people that would come in that day and like browse through it and be like, okay, this one's rare. This one's not rare. This one's rare. This one's not rare. And they just buy them out and then they would just keep them. And then they would find ways to resell them or whatever it was like the resale value on those things were insane. And I don't know. That just it broke my brain to figure to think about how that worked. It was just like, all right, whatever. <laughs> like it was crazy. So I can definitely see that being the thing that Microsoft would be interested in diving back into. Um, but you know, I already said my answer would blur. You know, anything else you guys would be specifically excited about? Uh, Manny, I'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, like. It would be nice as a big Tony Hawk Pro Skater uh, fan to see like another new IP that's not that doesn't flop like the last one that wasn't uh, the remake of one or two. Mm. Especially now since they have the resources to do so, and even so, um, since Microsoft owns Activision, it'll be on Game Pass, and you'll have like a lot of people being able to play it. And I think that might be able to be a benefit for the franchise to have it be like revived in the sense so that they can keep on going with these Tony Hawk Pro Skater games. Because, and like I said, in my opinion, they're just like, like a childhood figure that you just got to keep going. So, 
Yeah, um, yeah, if they can somehow bring that back. Like I said, I think, you know, when you bring games that, you know, maybe not everybody wants to take a chance on buying for $60, but like, you know, you put on a platform like Game Pass and it's like, you know, you, could, you have the possibility of creating that fan base again. Yeah. Yeah. People have no risk and they'd just be willing to try it. I mean, I like, you know, Rainbow Six Extraction is like a perfect example of that. That came out this past week. A ton of people have been trying it. You know, surprisingly enjoying it. Not, not most people aren't saying it's like the best game in the world or anything, uh-huh. but I think a lot of people agreed that they probably would have never tried the game and they would have not spent $60 or $50 or whatever it ended up being, probably even $70 um, on the game based off of what they saw. Uh, but, you know, the fact that it was in Game Pass, they gave it a try and they kind of fell in love with it. So definitely a thing that's been working for most games in the past so i know it'll work for uh, some of these activision blizzard studios now but chris what about you man what uh what games are you looking for um so i have two so the first one probably be prototype and it's funny because i didn't like the first two games before Mm. i always thought prototype was one of those games that had a really cool story a really cool design aesthetically but when you play the game, it didn't really, now it didn't really hit for me. So I think, you know, based on the fact that we got so much new technology and all that stuff, they really took their time to like really bring that franchise back in a certain way. I think that'd be really cool. Um, but even more excited, I think this is probably the number one game I'm excited for. And believe it or not, <clears throat> it's probably going to be Spyro, I would have to say. And I'm going to tell you why, right? It's just one of my my hunches that I have every so often. But you know, like how they did uh, they did uh, Super Mario. I think what it was Odyssey or something, or something like that. The one that was more open, not open world, but it was kind of the open world for Mario. They did that. Mm-hmm. They gave us Breath of the Wild, right? Mm-hmm. They gave. Now we're getting this new Sonic the Hedgehog game that's open world. Mm-hmm. There's something about the Spyro franchise to me that says if you do this in an open world format as well. It can really work, I think. Um, I don't know what it is. Something about these old school platformers coming back with these styles of games to me is really, it, it's a working concept. I don't know why, but it is. Um, and, and yeah, I think if you want to take the chance to really kind of reboot it a little bit and also bring in some of the people who really used to be in love with it, because the nostalgia factor is definitely going to be there for Dad and Crash Bandicoot and a lot of these other ones. I don't know, man. I just think. You get given the resources that Microsoft has, there's a really dope spiral game to be made, man. Um, and it kind of ties into what I was saying last week, where I was like, you know, I kind of think that's one of the things that Microsoft doesn't have a lot of is the games that are like kind of kid friendly type mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think, this, yeah, I think this is one of them, man. I think you could take this and and turn this into a franchise that kind of is up there with like a Psychonauts and some of the other ones that they kind of have going on. Um, Spiral was fun back in the day, bro. It was very, very fun. It was popular for a reason, man. But when you think about the gameplay today, it was super basic, right? Like it's kind of like how it is with everything else. Yeah. Sonic was super basic. It was a fucking little hedgehog going in circles, and you know, it's not a really pretty concept. And then they take these small things and blow them up into these huge worlds, and then the games are dope. I ain't gonna hold you. I kind of think that Sonic game is gonna be fire. I really kind of feel that way, just based on what I'm seeing. I'm like. The Sonic game will be fire. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just feel it, you know? So, 
Yeah, I think if they take their time and make a new Spyro, bro, I think that shit is out of the whole list of games that they're going to bring back. To me, that one has like some of the most potential to kind of come back with a vengeance. You know what I'm saying? Like real, that one and maybe Crash Bandicoot because I know there's a lot of diehard Crash Bandicoot fans out there. Mm-hmm. But even with that game, I don't see that working in the open world facet as be- as good as I do with Spyro. Don't know what it is. I just I just feel this. There's a lot of things they could tap into in that game, bro, mm-hmm. and just expound upon a lot. Yeah, I, I I think honestly, I feel like both. Like when I think about Crash Bandicoot. When I think about Crash Bandicoot, I think of Ratchet and Clank for some reason. Yeah, and, yeah. And Ratchet and Clank, I don't know. I guess would you consider it open world? I guess it really. I don't know. The Rift in Time, the the last the last one that came up. out. Um, yeah, Rift in Time. I play that. I'll play that. Ah, I mean, linear, right. I would say it is pretty linear, but at the same time, I think there is like. Some little, little bit of like open world aspects of freedomness, where you can like choose what planet you want to go and colonize first, and stuff like that. And I think you can actually go back and revisit those planets. So, I mean, I guess you could say it's like a semi-open world where you kind of have that freedom, but like it's really not like too much, honestly. When I think about a company like throwing a lot of money at Crash Bandicoot, I like I envision a rift in time as like what you know, risk in time caliber game as what could happen. And mm-hmm. if, if Microsoft really puts the type of resources and technology behind the game like that, and we get another, like risk in time is a great game, you know, um, yeah. to the point where many, you know, you advocated for it as game of the year. If we can get more games like that, whether it's Spyro and crash or whatever, like that's really good for the game industry. Obviously mm-hmm. Spyro would factor into a little bit with the, the Skylanders thing. So I can see that like, if basically Microsoft wants to widen his portfolio like further out into more of the kid game stuff, they have so many different things to do with that. Like yeah. I, I, I still really think that Banjo Kazooie is on the way Yeah, uh, that one's studios. Too. So it's like, you look at Banjo, you look at crash, you look at Spyro. Um, I mean that alone, those three alone are huge for the gaming industry. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be, That'd be great. And then not to mention the Skylander stuff. And obviously Guitar Hero yeah. like appeals to like an insanely wide audience as well. Just crazy to think that that's the type of stuff that could come about. But Chris, you mentioned one thing I just wanted to bring up real quick. <clears throat> Prototype. Yeah. One of my favorite Sony games of all time was Infamous. And they yeah, a lot seem to have abandoned that for now, at least, because they've kind of struck gold with, with uh, Ghost of Tsushima and like it fits more into what Sony's been doing with their games. But yo, if they could like revamp prototype to be a little bit more like, cause I think, I think the thing that that differentiated prototype from infamous was just the polish and the time and the care and the craft mm-hmm. around that game. If they could like, again, with the resources and time, do that same thing with prototype and like us get that style of game to come back. I would really love that. That would be a lot of fun. Although I felt, I felt a little bit of the infamous vibe when I was playing miles Morales. Uh, and like he, you know, cause he has his like electricity punches and mm, yeah, I, was like, yeah. I was like, Oh, like the electricity looks cool. Like what if they did, Infamous with this, mm-hmm. especially with the technology nowadays. Yep, yep. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised they haven't actually touched that franchise, even though I understand, like, you know, they did make Ghost of Tsushima, so like, 
I, I, I miss it. For me. I, <laughs> me too. Me too. I'm, I'm really hoping they don't like. I know they're going to, but I hope they don't milk the like Ghost of Tsushima thing too much. Like they space them out. It's like, all right, make an infamous game and then make a Ghost of Tsushima game. It's not gonna happen. But I really wish it would, because that would have been amazing. Ah, but speaking of Sony and um, you know, their approach to things, they did have a response this week around the whole conversation of um <clears throat> Activision Blizzard and whether or not games would be exclusive and so on and so forth. I mean, they pretty much came right out and said, uh, you know, quote, we expect Microsoft to honor its deals and basically have games, have Activision games be on a PlayStation platform. Um, I mean, I, th- I think it's not really that big of a surprise that, you know, Phil Spencer has said in the past, as he's done with the the Bethesda. I keep wanting to say Blizzard and Bethesda and mix those up, and it's really killing me. I know I did it a couple times last episode, but I know with the Bethesda launch, um, acquisition, sorry, they pretty much said straight up they were going to um, fulfill any old contracts that existed, hence why we saw Deathloop appear on Sony PlayStation 5 exclusively, right? And then we're also Mm -hmm. supposed to still get Ghostwire Tokyo coming at some point this year. Um, so, you know, there's a precedent for this. Microsoft is, is not shy about, you know, honoring their contracts and doing the things that they said that their previous, um, you know, owners were going to do. So it stands to reason that they would do the same thing with Activision. I guess I'm just curious, like, I think everybody's curious, like what that entails, like how far along are some of these deals put in place, you know, um, Mm -hmm. I, I feel like this is the one time where Microsoft probably should just break it off with the whole exclusivity or like, what is it? They, so they, with Call of Duty, PlayStation for the last, what, four, maybe five years has had Since, some uh, Black Ops 3. Okay. Yeah. So like they've been some, years, had some level. About. It's been a while, right? It's been since the, since the PlayStation 4. Because I think yeah, some, I was I was say around like seven years, yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right then. Um, they've had some level of, ex- of exclusivity with PlayStation, whether it's a branding deals, whether it's like a mode that's exclusive to Call of Duty, DLC, whatever it may be. Um I would have to imagine that Microsoft's gonna find some way to wiggle out of that. Because that's I don't care. I mean, I don't know how long that deal could possibly have gone to if it was a 10 year deal. So we have another three years of it left or whatever that may be. But I would have to imagine Microsoft's trying to find some way out of that because that exclusive, those types of exclusivity deals are annoying. <laughs> you don't own the company, you know, it's just like, ugh, like, yeah. well, like, why did they get mad packs one month earlier than us? <laughs> yeah, that's type, that type of stuff is just kind of. Like it's annoying. It's annoying. It's annoying. Um, But with that being said, you know, Phil Spencer did also tweet out. uh, I don't know if it's necessarily in response to this, but just in general, he tweeted out this week, had good calls this week with leaders at Sony. I confirmed our intent to honor all existing agreements upon acquisition of Activision Blizzard and our desire to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. Sony is an important part of our industry and we value our relationship. So, I feel like at some level, it's like, okay, that kind of answers people's questions about Call of Duty, but then it doesn't really answer anybody's questions. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, then it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's the same stuff we talked about before. It's it's basically pretty vague. We are desired to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. You can achieve that by c- 
continuing to have Warzone on PlayStation and just keep that living on in perpetuity, like I said last week. Um, so it sounds like that might be the thing. You know, of course, they'll honor whatever contracts. But even the, that last bit about, you know, Sony is an important part of industry and we value our relationship. I feel like that conversation right there or that that sentence gets lost on some people because... <clears throat> I don't think the way Phil Spencer looks at this deal or deals like this, or even just the way that they're approaching gaming right now with Game Pass and, you know, all, all these other things that they're doing. I don't think that this is like a strictly us versus Sony deal or idea, right? Like, I think they understand that they have a lot of competition coming from other places that aren't within the games industry, you know. Um, we know what Amazon's trying to do. We know what Google has tried to do and is failing at doing. Um, you know, uh, Tencent, we can consider them a gaming company, maybe, maybe not, but they're, they're kind of like a conglomerate. They do a lot of different things. They're putting their money in a lot of different pies. They own a good chunk of, uh, Epic games at this point. They own Riot games. You know, they're like, they're in there. They're entrenched in this industry. Um, not to mention Apple, you know, <laughs> God. <laughs> God forbid Apple got a hold of one of these companies, man. We would never see any of these games anywhere other than on a Mac or on our iPads. You know, like that would be a whole different thing. Not to mention Netflix. Netflix is getting into gaming with the whole game streaming thing. So it's all about acquiring content. And at the end of the day, like it might be the best situation that Microsoft be one of those companies that's out there grabbing all those things because they will still be willing to put their games on PlayStation. They will still be willing to put their games on Nintendo. They're obviously putting their games on PC. They're working to make games available to the widest audience of people as possible. So just something to throw out there because I think it's getting lost on some people like, Oh, big bad Microsoft is buying up all these studios. And it's like, well, some of these studios need to get bought. I mean, it's, you know, it came right out, right? Many, you know, we we were talking about this before the episode started. Activision Blizzard were the ones that approached Microsoft about this deal in the first place. It's not like Microsoft mm-hmm. was just going in all hostile takeover mode on this, you know. Like, mm-hmm. Just, just an interesting thing. But uh, to continue on with the Sony conversation, um, you know, like we we've been talking about whether or not they'll be making games exclusive, all these different things. Yeah, sure, they're going to honor their previous contracts. Yeah, sure, they have desires to put uh, Call or keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. What about all the other games? What about the next Crash Bandicoot? What about you know World of Warcraft, Diablo, Overwatch, True Crime, all those different things? They're probably not coming to the platform. So that begs the question, you know, Phil Spencer's come right out and said, we're willing to put um, our games on anything that that allows game pass on it right so if playstation allows game pass is that even a possibility do we think sony would be willing to do that i mean it's obviously not it's obviously not something that they want to do but at some level when you crunch the numbers it might make good business sense right people might be more willing to buy a playstation if they can play their call of duty on there even if they have to get a subscription for it so you know go around again and uh chris you know i want to hear what you have to say first what do you think about that uh, it's wild that this is where the conversation is now come to. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy. They they they're talking about Microsoft as though like it's this big bad company that's coming out here trying to steal everything from everybody else. When it's like, nah, bro, they'll keep the same manager you had last year. Last year, y'all motherfuckers was talking about how 
this was, you know, this is laughable and how pretty much not saying that Microsoft is cute for all their little new things that they're doing, but they still can't hold a candle to big bad Sony. Now that they're making some moves, now people crying. Like, nah, bro. That, no. I, so <laughs> I just look at it like, honestly, I think Microsoft is, is trying to just A, even the playing field, but not only that, like you said, they're looking at the gaming thing from other angles. They're not just looking at PlayStation. They're looking at everything else. That's part of the reason as to why the whole um forgot the name of the other company that does some of the other mobile stuff. King King. King. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you mobile. go. Yeah. Or King. Like that's that's people don't talk about that part of this entire deal. And that deal, that part of it is in, ridiculous. Because I don't remember the exact number, but from what I had heard, uh almost I don't want to say half of the revenue, but a damn near a good chunk of it is because of the King Mobile gaming. Yeah, so it's like, you know, people are not talking about none of this stuff. They're definitely coming out of this with a plan. I also think a lot of people are not. It's like the same delusion from before a little bit. And I hate to say it like that because when people hear the word delusion, it hits their ears hard. And they're like, you're calling me stupid. I'm like, no, I'm not calling you stupid. I'm just like, let's be realistic. You know what I'm saying? This is the same thing we felt when bethesda was acquired right and it came out of your mouth you said listen they just spent x billion amount on this thing you really think they spent all that money for this to be exclusive and for them to play nice point taken so now we're going to take the same idea and you got to multiply it by like what five or six seven different times to get to the number we're at now and then right yeah (laughs) and you you expect that they just put all this money on the table to play nice? Nah, bro. Like, come on, bro. Like, be realistic. They did not just spend $70 billion to not at least have Call of Duty in some sort of exclusive capacity. Maybe they will leave Warzone alone. It probably makes sense to do that. Um, just like how it does with Minecraft and a lot of these other games. Makes sense to leave some of them on certain platforms. But y'all think that uh, another Modern Warfare is going to get made eventually, and that's going to be on some play nice shit, and we're going to put that on all platforms. You, you, wake up, like, bro! Like, no, it's not going to happen. You know, it's not going to happen. They didn't spend seventy billion to do that. And at the end of the day, like you said, you know, maybe they might not want to have to do something like put Game Pass on their stuff. But if they say that's what you got to do, you either going to have to bend the knee or or come up with something that could be Call of Duty, which we know is not happening. So. I look at it like Microsoft has a little bit of power here and Sony is speaking from a nonchalance. It's all right. We got this point of view when I wish, you know, people would wake up and see that. No, it's, it's not your decision to make. Like it's, it's, you could you could want this to happen as bad as you want to. It doesn't matter. It's not your decision to make, you know, people were sick when Starfield got announced as exclusive sick because they held on to this delusion up until the announcement that they wouldn't do that bro yes they would what the hell are you talking about <laughs> what i don't know man i just mm-hmm. uh, I, it, it's just it's kind of funny to me but uh, he said it very specifically existing deals existing contracts he ain't choose words just to choose words. This man still know exactly what the hell he's saying. He does. He does. You know what I'm saying? Like he said it like that on purpose. Like you said, if these little deals run out in a couple years, that's cool. But for people to be sitting here and just expecting them to really want to be nice and play nice and do all this, that's not happening. This is business. This is not happening. I agree. 
And and one one other thing I just want to mention real quick before we get to you, Manny. Um, you know, the idea that they're just gonna they're gonna honor existing contracts, right? I mean, we don't again, we don't know what those contracts look like, but let's say in theory, the contract said, you know, okay, we know Call of Duty comes out with a game every year. Um, you know, so so again, we know that from seven years ago, that's when this whole exclusivity thing seemed to have started. Let's say that in again, in theory. 10 years was the deal, right? That was what it, we had said was the deal, right? We already know that the developers of Call of Duty are kind of sick of the whole annualization thing. We already know that Microsoft probably doesn't want to do the whole annualization thing because you would have multiple shooters kind of collapsing on themselves. So let's say we did go the whole three-year structure with a Halo, a Gears of War, and a Call of Duty. Let's say after this next Call of Duty that comes out and then the deal gets finalized, we don't get another Call of Duty for three years. Now it's like, oh, all right, the deal's expired. The next Call of Duty drops after the deal's done. It doesn't have to be exclusive to PlayStation. Again, just a theory. And in a way, kind of a, uh, an interesting move, an interesting chess move. Some would say kind of a snake move, but, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Um, now Microsoft's essentially wiggled themselves out of that contract because they didn't make a game for three years. I mean, I don't, it, again... We're, we're definitely making assumptions about how this is this contract may have been worded, but you know I can see that being a thing. We already know that the developers themselves don't want to continue to make a Call of Duty game every single year. So let's say now we break it off. There's just Infinity War, right? Only Infinity War is responsible for making Call of Duty games. Treyarch could go make their dope ass zombie game because they're really good at making zombies within the Call of Duty universe. Um, Raven Software can go make their game. Sledgehammer could go make their game. Toys for Bob could go make their game. Like everybody's happy now, you know, in a sense. And then also like, we don't have to, we don't have to worry about giving Sony, you know, fulfilling this contract that we supposedly have with Sony. Like we can just keep Warzone existing as it is. And that lives on PlayStation that lives on PC. And eventually it'll probably get on switch if they could figure out how to make that work. Um, just a theory, just throwing it out there. People will be pissed, but Hey, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. And we get some better Call of Duty games as a result. All right, Manny, but what's your take on the whole uh, Game Pass on PlayStation thing? What's going on? All I got to say is I'm throwing hands with you, Denzel. That was my whole take. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> I, was gonna, I, was, I had it all scripted in my mind. I was like, okay. So I was going to say that this next Modern Warfare could be the last Call of Duty that Sony has. Because uh, and then you said I'm sorry. Kids, bro. But like I, I like I, I gotta echo what Denzel said. This could there be the last Call of Duty that comes on PlayStation that is not Warzone because Microsoft has the power now. They hold, you know, Activision and Honestly, you know, it's it's about time that you stop annualizing the game because it's getting boring. You're coming back to the same thing that everybody hates. So, you know, it's a smart thing, like you said, you know, use the other studios to thrive in what they uh, specialize the most. I mean, Infinity War does a great job making a great Call of Duty game when it comes to, like, modern warfare. So, they stick with that. Like you said, Activision, Zombies, like, if we have a full-blown, like... Maybe not a Call of Duty title, but just like a Zombies game spinoff with like Call of Duty maybe in it. Like, it, I, like it, they can definitely thrive on that as well. And there's just so many untapped potential that we haven't seen just because Activision 
basically held them hostage into, you know, only doing Call of Duty games. Um, but also another thing is, you know, we talked about earlier in the ep- uh, before the episode started, but, you know, that quote um, from the Sony spokesman where they're talking about, we expect that Microsoft will abide by contractual agreements and continue to ensure Activision games are multi-platform. Phil Spencer only said Call of Duty. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He didn't say anything else about Overwatch, another big competitive game. We know that game in the esports industry is huge. That game is definitely going to be exclusive. You know, all these other games and like, you know, the games that could potentially come back, like we're talking about like True, Con- True Crime prototype and all that kind of stuff. They're not going to be coming to PlayStation. And if they do, I mean, why would you get it on PlayStation? We get it on Game Pass for like $5 a month, $10 a month. You know what I'm saying? Um, but like if I was Phil, Phil Spencer mad, like that statement right there from that Sony spokesman would have like hit hit the needle right there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like he came in there balls deep and was like, Yeah, we expect him to do that. I would have been Phil Spencer's like you can have your contractual agreement, but you ain't getting called to the game for the next three years for your contract. <laughs> so also, you know what I'm it, saying? Aside from it just being like a smug comment too, it's like I mean, I guess at some level, like that's I, I understand. That's all they can say. Mm-hmm. I would probably say the same thing if I was in their position, because it's it's such a um, ominous like statement. Yeah, okay, those games will still be multi games from Activision will still be multi platform for the next year. He didn't have to say that part, but let's say for the next year. Okay, well, Microsoft doesn't own them for the next year, so whatever comes out will still be multi platform when they own them. Like you know, like Manny and I were alluding to it's like all right well what if microsoft just says okay freeze every game that you're developing at this point in time because we want to go through and assess it make sure it's of quality whatever it may be i actually think that's what's going to happen with overwatch 2 because overwatch 2 seems to be having a bit of a development issue so i i wouldn't be surprised if that game gets pushed back and Mm -hmm. they just start from scratch on it even you know i think ultimately the idea with overwatch in my mind, is that that game should be... They basically did to Overwatch what um, Activision did to Destiny, right? Des- uh, Bungie said, we just want Destiny to be the game. Like, mm-hmm. we don't need a Destiny 2. We just want Destiny 1, and we want to iterate on it. And Activision was like, no. <laughs> You're going to do what we say. You'll put out another game and make us another $60 per game. Um that's basically what they're doing with, well, that's what Activision did with Overwatch. You know, they said we didn't want, the developers said we didn't want this game to have a sequel. Like it would just live on and we would just keep updating it. It would be a game as a service. So there's still a chance that now that Microsoft's getting a hold of it, that may still happen. Or, or they'll push back Overwatch 2, let that come out, let the developers make it the way they want to make it. And then Overwatch 2 will be the game that just lives on forever and they'll just keep updating and so on and so forth. So, I do think things like that are a possibility. Like Microsoft says, hey, halt all this stuff. Let's push it all back. Let's make sure we're getting, you know, getting every because this isn't the same as Bethesda, right? Bethesda was a well is a well-oiled machine. They pump out quality games and, you know, they they came to Microsoft and wanted to get acquired, whatever, whatever happened behind the scenes. But at the end of the day, Bethesda was a very very, very thriving company with employees that really seemed to love what they did. You know, their only misstep really was Fallout 76. Like, granted, some people feel different ways about Fallout 4 and whatever, but ultimately, that was a successful game. Um, 
but you didn't hear any issues of like toxic work, uh, work culture and like Bethesda just pu- pumping out games for the sake of pumping out games. They created a lot of creative games. This is a very different situation than uh, with Activision. So I think Phil and you know the people at Xbox are going to have to be a lot more hands on this time around. So I think a lot of games that are in development now for um, Activision Blizzard Studios could just get shut down or paused at least until Microsoft can kind of get in there, assess not only the the work culture from the sexual harassment stuff and all that stuff, but also just the quality of work that's being put out there. Because we know, you know, the, the Call of Duty games haven't really been up to snuff. Like, yeah, they still have their production value, but it's like, this isn't what people want, you know, hence why the, the sales have been slumping and so on and so forth. So I think people would be surprised to see that we might not get some Activision Blizzard games for like another six, seven years, you know, like, like really, I guess like the, 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 the games that the developers really have wanted to make this whole time. We may, it may be a while, you know, some mm-hmm. games may have to get scrapped. Some games yeah. may um, come up from the ashes. Like, I think it's going to be really interesting to see again, where we are, we'll say 10 years down the road, right? Like when they really hit their groove. So another thought, um, but mm-hmm. speaking of 10 years down the road, the other thing that we've all been talking about that's 10 years down the road is the potential metaverse. So I know that's the thing that they've talked about heavily. I mean, Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft has said that that is supposedly the reason why they went after this uh, deal was to kind of set up the building blocks for their metaverse. Um, what the hell do you guys think that means really? Right? Like, you know, we talked about what, you know, what a metaverse means in a lot of different ways, right? Like Grand Theft Auto Online is essentially a metaverse right now. Um, Sati Nadella himself has said, you know, you could think of Halo as already a metaverse, Forza Horizon already as a metaverse. So are they just loosely using that term? And if we're just talking about making more games or are we thinking of something a little bit more granular here? Manny, I'll start with you. It's hard to say because like, you know, like you said, when you think of games like Metaverse, you can kind of consider Call of Duty to be a Metaverse, too. So, you know, maybe if they were to make a Metaverse, you maybe take that universe of Call of Duty games and make it its own thing. But at the same time, um, you know, you do have like this big company like Activision that can do pretty much whatever they want. Like, imagine to make like a Crash Bandicoot Metaverse, like that would be pretty dope or anything like that. You got a bunch of IPs, but also, you know, all these companies that they did acquire... You know, who knows? They could make a really banging um, new IP metaverse that like we've never seen before. So um, there's definitely a lot of untapped potential with the resources they do have. It just depends on on how to use it. But at the same time, you know, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be mad with a crash vehicle metaverse. Just you know, him boxes. You know, booga booga. I don't even. I feel like I can't even like conceptualize what that really would mean. Like, <laughs> I know. <yeah. laughs> I mean, I don't know. Then again, like, I guess a lot of us have a hard time conceptualizing what the metaverse, like, there's so many different ways that people have been trying to frame it. And I guess that's probably a good thing, right? Like, in essence, maybe it shouldn't just be one thing that we can all wrap our heads around. Like, with any, with any forward thinking technology, it's, it's something that's different and I guess would, would change the way we interact with entertainment and media and whatnot. So it's probably a good thing that we don't fully understand it yet. And I'm sure there's a, I mean, it's Microsoft is a, there's a thousand brilliant minds over there figuring out how to, you know, make us want this thing with NFTs in it and all this other shit. So it's uh, we'll see. <laughs> Maybe we'll finally get the uh, the VR headset that we wanted from Xbox with, and, and incorporate all these uh, 
Activision games and Halo and yada, yada, yada. So we'll see. Maybe that's what he means by metaverse. Who knows? Who knows? But Chris, what do you think? Um, I definitely agree on the, on the fact that uh, a lot of people are giving different definitions for what metaverse might be. So it's kind of muddying up the water and making it a little hard to kind of like get a clear understanding of what it is. Um, I think one thing that ties into what Microsoft is talking about though is like they've been big on their cloud gaming shit for since ever. And I would assume that if they're talking about now metaverse type of things, that the cloud stuff has to be involved in that, at least the infrastructure that they have for the cloud gaming. And it makes me wonder if um you know, maybe that's part of why they're acquiring all this stuff. You know, it might not even be a thing where maybe we don't even get physical games that come out from every single game on that list of IPs, but maybe they start doing a couple of things with those IPs in a metaverse way of, I don't know, something about Microsoft tells me that they, there's a lot of forward thinking that happens before they do anything, right? And I gotta believe that they know that this metaverse thing is coming, but they're, they, they're trying to like set themselves up to not be behind the eight ball and more be ahead of it. But it's it's so hard to speak on it though, because it's almost like like could you imagine speaking about what the internet is before the internet became what it was? You know what I'm saying? Like that's kind of what it kind of equates like to me, because this metaverse thing is such a fluid thing, and it seems like there's so much potential and possibilities within it. When Facebook talked about it, when when all these places talk about it, it's like yo, this sounds like something that could change life. Mm-hmm. The internet changed life. <laughs> you know, like the internet changed life heavily. So. Um, but I'd be lying if I would be like, yeah, uh, back in like 1995, yeah, you know, Google's going to be coming up. We're going to be able to search everything we want. We're going to have <laughs> as many ways to get information as we need it. Like, I wouldn't have known this shit. Like, I, there's no way none of us yeah. would. So sure. I just think there's just too many loose ends that we just don't know about yet until we actually see the metaverse thing. But I, I, I have to believe the cloud has to do with it. Like, it has to. They've been fucking pumping out cloud 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 we want the cloud to be right like i would argue aside from game pass the cloud has been the other thing that to me they've been like really really just this is what we're doing cloud cloud you know what i'm saying like and um i just i don't know i think this this gives them an opportunity to eventually down the road like i said just take a lot of the ips and just do something with them in a cloud-based format and maybe that might be what drives them to create their own vr helmet and all that other stuff later on but yeah, I, I don't know. It just I don't know fully about what their infrastructure looks like in terms of all the cloud stuff, but it just seems like they're setting up a, a foundation for later on down the road to be able to do whatever it is that they're trying to do. Because mm. even right now, like the cloud stuff is live, but it still kind of almost feels like it's in a beta phase still. You know what I'm saying? Even though it's not like, or whatever, it's, it feels like that to me. Yeah. Um. So I think that these next couple of years are them getting the kinks out of the trying to figure out where to make it more smooth and then we're going to see them do some innovative things and some of the stuff might fail for sure but some of it might really stick and, and at home so it, it, it's hard to say but i know something's cooking they wouldn't have again spent all this money and not had like ideas on what they wanted to do with certain things like the, mm. it's not like they just bought this stuff and was like oh we got call of duty oh like you know like there's much more to it than just the, the call of duty franchise so um. Yeah, it's one of those stay tuned kind of things, but you can't really speak too much on it because you don't know what the hell's coming. I want a guitar here, metaverse. You just want a metaverse for everything, <laughs> yeah. bro. You, that that makes that makes that makes the most sense. 
That doesn't make sense. Like, no, it does. It does. You just in the metaverse, you chilling. You watching somebody like fuck up through the fire and flames. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> flip it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yo, man, I I would definitely love to do the crowd. <laughs> no, but for real though, like that's that's the yeah. thing. Like you know, if, if we go back and reference the whole um, meta. The meta company, Mark Zuckerberg's um, presentation, he showed off like the idea of going to concerts within the metaverse, right? Like, what if that's a a spectating way? It, uh, that actually, you know what? I just thought of another thing. Like, how does the how does like streaming games work in the metaverse now? Like, so let's say you're streaming yourself playing Guitar Hero. In essence, you're wa- like people are coming to watch you play like a rock concert, like that that makes sense to me, you know, for what they've outlined, at least for what they want the metaverse to be. So that would be another, another layer of content on top of mm-hmm. all the other things that Microsoft already has. So, yeah, yeah you can actually see like live crowd reactions of like viewers. That would be so dope. I like, Oh, the future is crazy, man. Yeah. But uh, I mean, Oh, oh my bad. I was going to say like, sorry to cut you off, but the, like the NFL, not NFL, the NBA, the Nets actually had their own like first virtual game where they, um, yep. Like I had the court just like everything was just like shot by like hundreds of cameras so that like they could like reanimate into this. Yeah. Into yeah. The uh, did you see that, Chris? No, no, I did not. Surprise. It, 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 it was crazy. It was really dope. It was really dope. Yeah. I'll send you the video <laughs> for that. Um yeah, yeah. they called it the Netaverse, which I was like, bro, y- y'all, y'all, y'all could have done better than that. But I think it's clever enough. I mean <laughs> it was just a little too on the nose for me. I mean, you could have yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess it was just too easy, so it was like, all right, whatever. You might as well do it, but I didn't like it. I don't like it. It was a little too cheesy for me. Um, but Chris, you mentioned the, the cloud gaming thing, and I just wanted to touch on it real quick before we move on. Um, the infrastructure is definitely there, and I feel like Microsoft was kind of strategic about the way they've been talking about it, because I think cloud gaming, when people think about cloud gaming and they think about Stadia, there's been this like aversion to it, and Phil Spencer has been very specific about we don't want cloud gaming to replace having a physical box, but it will be here. It will come like cloud gaming will be here. It's here. You, like you said, they treat it like it's in beta, but it's really not. It works very well. Um, also, a thing that we don't talk about enough. Cloud gaming works really well on your Xbox. Like the other day, I, I think I mentioned it to you guys a couple weeks ago. I played the Artful Escape. I didn't download the game. I was like, you know, fuck it. Like this is a perfect game to just stream. Streamed it perfectly. I would not have known the difference between it being on my Xbox and it being in the cloud. It was like seamless. That's really the, the name of the game, right? These types of games being seamless, that infrastructure existing, eventually getting to the point of there being a metaverse, right? Let's say again, in theory, um, the Oculus Quest, uh, my Quest 2 that I have. It's a completely wireless headset. I don't need to plug it into anything. Perfect candidate for game streaming. Like, it doesn't have that much space on it. It's like 32 gigs. I don't want to download, you know, any any games or any games that would necessarily come from Xbox. Um, so to think that you could stream a VR game, I'm sure that the, the, the infrastructure is there and can handle that because if it can handle streaming actual Series X level games, it can definitely figure out a way to stream some VR games. That stuff is the type of stuff I think that's coming down the road. Microsoft has said that, or Phil Spencer in particular has said in the past that he doesn't want to do a VR headset unless he can make it unique and also that they want to focus on, v- on um, wireless. 
So it's like, all right, if they can come out with their own wireless Xbox headset with streaming, could be something interesting, you know? Like, I think yeah. that's all these things that we've been seeing, like the content is one side of it. The the cloud gaming is, is that technology side of it. Um, also, let's not forget, Microsoft created the Kinect. The technology that's that's in the Kinect, you're seeing that a lot in like the PlayStation VR with the... Um, Oh, what's it called? I don't remember the name of the technology, but the idea that the headset knows where you are in space and also knows where the um, controllers are in space, like that's basically technology Microsoft made years ago. They could go pull from that and say, "Hey, we're we're putting this into our VR headset." Like there's a there, and and really when you look at it from a from a larger standpoint, it's like this is Microsoft we're talking about, right? Like the biggest tech company on the planet, right next to Apple, right next to Google, they will figure this shit out and it will be like amazing. But when you figure into the fact that they already have such a firm foothold on the gaming industry and they understand it very well, I think all these things that they're doing is just little breadcrumbs leading us to this eventual metaverse. So Mm -hmm. exciting, exciting stuff to to see see what comes out of it but um i wanted to wrap up with one big question um you know we'll see how much time we can spend on it but you know with all of this stuff that's going on with microsoft purchasing activision blizzard with obviously the you know their previous purchase of bethesda um you know all these conversations around whether or not industry consolidation is a good thing or a bad thing obviously the history around activision blizzard and why they're even getting purchased in the first place does all of this stuff put pressure on microsoft now um do they you know do they need to show up as far as helping to take care of this toxic world culture that they have going on in activision blizzard do they need to show up in regards to taking care of the developers so that they can then go ahead and make the games that they want to make. Like, will they, the question is, I guess for me, will they fight the urge to take the revenue? Like what Activision did, where they're pushing out call of duties every single year, or are they going to actually walk the walk and do the things that they say they, they want to do where they want to let, you know, studios be free and independent and do the things that they want to do. They want to make sure that people feel like they have an inclusive work culture and whatnot. Um, you know, they want to make sure that gaming is as accessible as possible in regards to, you know, maybe putting game pass on, on a PlayStation, um, you know, like all those different things that we're talking about, you know, keeping Warzone on PlayStation as well. Like, is there a lot of pressure for Microsoft to do all of these different things now? Are they being watched, you know, a little bit more closely now because we're, we're having that conversation around the monopoly thing. Um, so to start that off, Chris, I'm going to start with you, man. What do you think? I definitely think there's some pressure that they definitely put on themselves for sure. But I, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. I think one column you have the pressure, right? And then in the other column you have like almost like a sigh of relief almost in a sense, I feel, because I, again, I'm kind of looking at a lot of this stuff as Microsoft still kind of fighting like the underdog in a sense. And I think they're looking at this stuff like it's wins. I mean, true, there's definitely some some work that needs to be done. And there's a lot of pressure that comes on with these acquisitions. But I would argue that they've got to be looking at this way more as like a win rather than something that's distressed them out. Um, because, I mean, let's be real. A lot of the 
issues and what's not that was happening over at Activision were well documented, well public, and they still made the purchase. So I, I have to believe they're not doing this without knowing what they're trying to get into, you know. So I, I there is pressure. There is pressure. A lot of people are gonna be looking at them now like, okay, fix Call of Duty. Okay, where's Overwatch 2? Okay, what's going on with WoW? Because that's starting to dip. Are y'all doing something cool with that? Okay, what's going on with how Game Pass is going to be putting some of these games onto the PC version? Like, people are going to have some questions and they want to see what's going to happen. Um, so that, that's 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 pressure. I think fixing Call of Duty within itself is a lot of pressure. You're literally have you have the responsibility of resuscitating arguably the biggest franchise ever. Like that, that, that literally is what it is. And the, the pressure that comes with that alone is pretty, pretty crazy. But I still think that the whole desire relief thing and the whole sense of security that they're getting from these acquisitions trumps all of that. Um, shit, I would argue that if they can somehow get their foot wet in some of the, uh, the Japanese territories or whatever, they're going to be feeling golden all across the board. Like, there's how do you not? Because to me, that's like the last little. Mm-hmm. missing link is that right yeah once they get their foot in that water bro it's just like again yeah there's pressure all over the board it's a lot of stuff you just put on your shoulders but i don't mm-hmm. think it's something that's throwing them off man you know how they get into those um like asian markets in my opinion overwatch King um, King. Uh, yeah mobile it's gaming is, is like mobile gaming is a whole different kind of conversation over there yeah. so King. And then not to mention the whole, like, you know, like we were just talking about the cloud streaming stuff too, like being able to, let's say they could stream Starcraft on their, on their phone or whatever. Forget about it. Starcraft is huge in Korea. So, man, listen. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, that, that, that's another secret weapon that I don't think we're talking about enough. But anyways, um, Manny, what do you think? <clears throat> Yeah, when you look at it, it's like, you know, like, we're potentially would have seen, like, the downfall of Activision before this was purchased. Like, you know, Call of Duty was being, you know, worse and worse every year. Um, You know, like you said, the whole fiasco with what's going on in between, you know, the industry about the the cases that's been going on, as well as, you know, like, what's going on, like Chris said, with WoW, Overwatch 2's a mess and everything like that. So, you know, they're coming in pretty much like in rebuild mode and even though you know that could be tough in a lot of cases i feel confident that microsoft can definitely put a lot pull it off because when we look at like the beginning of the xbox one cycle and how it was like basically an entertainment console that that like basically was focused on oh you can snap tv watch tv do anything tv and then like you know phil spencer took the helm of it and like turned it all around and i believe that's you know with activision they definitely have the power uh the resource and everything like that to definitely do the same thing with uh activision with their ips that are falling out and making sure that you know activision goes back to this company that was great once before you know great again pretty much Okay. I mean, I hope so. I hope so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I agree with you guys that I think Microsoft's up to the task. Um, I, I, I do think there is a lot of pressure for them, though. I, I think when you look at from literally every single angle, you know, it's like, all right, you guys already have, 
you're still fighting as the underdog, right? Like you're still trying to push out as many Xbox Series X's and S's as you can. You know, we don't fully understand what the numbers look like, but last, you know, last generation, you guys were whooped well over two to one, like almost three or four to one. You know, you're still kind of playing third fiddle. You know, the switch is still out here kicking your butt a little bit. Um, so you're you're fighting for market share in that regard, right? Um, you know, you're, you're trying to build up Bethesda. I mean, I guess, again, like I mentioned earlier, they're kind of running on their own at this point. So there's not really as much hands on that needs to happen there. Pete Hines, Todd Howard, those guys over there are, have been pumping out great games before Microsoft was even attached to them. So at this point, all Microsoft's doing is just throwing money at them. Mm-hmm. The, the, uh, Activision and Blizzard thing is a completely different story because, like I said before, you know, you really have to start looking at everything line by line, you know, going into each studio, having conversations, trying to make sure everybody's satisfied, happy, yada, yada, yada. But then you're also worried about, you know, I guess to me, like the next move that Microsoft makes, if they need to go acquire another company is like, that will have to get scrutinized. This, this move might even get scrutinized, um, by, um, basically by the government before they can go through. So it's like, all right, that might be something you have to worry about now. They're obviously not a monopoly. You know, I'm going to say that outright. I don't think they are. They're not even close yet. But just the the overall idea, like you're already Microsoft. People already feel a certain type of way about you when you do any particular thing. It's like now you have to now you you have Call of Duty under your belt. You have to worry about that whole community. You have World of Warcraft under your belt. You have to worry about that whole community. Diablo, Starcraft. You know, obviously we talked about Overwatch. Like that's you know, it is what it is there. But like all those different communities. All of them hurting in, in a lot of different ways, and you have to go through and really help like revitalize all of those, and then still like get all your shit going with Game Pass, get all your shit going with the cloud, get all your shit going with the metaverse. It's just like man, it's it seems like to me a lot, like a, a yeah. really really tall task. Um, but at the same time, if there's any company in the world that could do it, you know, it would be Microsoft. They've been they've handled. Like Manny said, they've handled the TV, TV, TV disaster incredibly well. Just making really smart moves. Satya Nadella has made amazing moves since he's come on. Um, helped the company go from, you know, not really being as profitable as they used to be to being one of the most profitable companies in the world. Now. Really, you know, shooting up the charts. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I would have to say that Microsoft is definitely in a position to Exceed all of our expectations. Um, and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how it all goes. But it's definitely going to be a wild ride. It's going to be a really interesting. Ride. Uh, I mean, yeah. Microsoft has been, at the very least, <clears throat> absolutely amazing showman about all of this stuff. <laughs> you know, like from um, the re- reveal of the Xbox Series X and S, uh, you know, showing off Hellblade that at that same time, showing off Hellblade at the Game Wars this year. Perfect Dark last year, you know, it's just like, or well, two years ago, I guess you could say at this point, but, you know, it's just like, they've been amazing at giving gamers what the, what we want and, you know, delighting us, um, under-promising and over-delivering in a lot of ways. So, again, they've garnered a lot of good good faith amongst, amongst the community, um, definitely with, with us. I mean, we're obviously big Xbox fans here, so we're excited to see what they do. We're obviously going to be talking about this a lot more second week in a row. I'm sure we're going to get more news this coming week. Um, this is this is the story of 2022, people. This is definitely the story of 2022. Um, and if anything bigger happens, then 
this is about to be the fucking most amazing year in gaming ever. But yeah, um, I think we'll leave it there for now. We've definitely had a lot to say. Uh, you know, again, guys, thank you for watching and listening. If you guys want to contribute to the conversation in any way, please make sure to like and subscribe. And of course, comment, you know, just comment right, right below. If you guys are watching on YouTube, just scroll down a little bit, you know, hit that little comment section, say your two pieces like, oh, Denzel, you're stupid because you said this isn't whatever you want to say. Just just say it to us, man. We want to talk. We want to hear what yeah. you guys have to say. And of yeah, course, hit us up. texting after with that stuff, too. So I need to cut you off. <laughs> It's annoying, bro. Stop doing that. Stop texting me stuff when you could have put it in the comments. Stop it. Stop it, man. I hate that. Golly. I don't agree with his sentiment on that. You know, I appreciate I appreciate a text message. I don't mind it. But, you know, we do want to see the comments, too. You know, we want to get a conversation going in the comments section. Um, you know, shout out to my boy Andre. He he threw a, a comment in there last week. You know, we got got a little bit of a conversation going there. So I like that type of stuff. Let's try to keep that going. Um, and then of course, you know, you guys can hit us up on our social media platforms as well. Um, at Xpack Podcast on Twitch. Sorry, at Twitter. Uh, on Twitch too, but we don't really use Twitch for that type of stuff right now. Um, and then on Instagram also and on TikTok, find us at Expansion Pack Podcast. Just come talk to us, guys. You know, let us know what you guys think about this. This is big news. Everybody's got something to say. I'm sure, you know, you guys are excited about a particular game you want to see come back or something you maybe you're worried about Call of Duty not being on PlayStation or, you know, whatever platform you play on. Just let us know what you guys think about it. Um, and yeah, we'll we'll head out of here. So before we do that, though, Manny, let us know where the people find you, bro. You already know. Uh, Twitch.tv slash GooMasterFlex. Uh, GooMasterFlex on Instagram. TikTok and Twitter with all underscores. Yeah, and then uh Masterflex underscore TTV is the only thing different with Instagram. But other than that, Twitter and TikTok, Google Masterflex underscore. Yeah. Forgetting all our socials, man, you know. So we gotta we gotta be like Chris. We gotta keep it all the same, right, Chris? What yeah, is it? man? Well, you know, people stealing our socials, man. It's true, it's true. They are. Well, they did do that to me before, too. That's kind of where the whole XX thing came from for me. Because I used to originally just be May 25th straight up. Some whack-ass people out there thought they was May 25th too. Anyways, y'all. You can find me on everything. M-A-Y 25 T-H-X-X Don't forget the X-X. You need that part. And uh, yeah, that's it. Just not three X's. You'd be in the wrong spot. Nah, it's two. two, two. <laughs> three X's? You be in the wrong spot. Might be on the OF. Well, I didn't. I didn't condone that. You understand what I'm saying? I didn't tell nobody to go put those three X's on the. You know what I'm saying? Uh, no, nah. Hey guys, well for me, you know it's uh, at Black Eyes Say everywhere. Ain't got no X's in my name, so don't worry about it. Um, but yeah, Black Eyes Say um, underscore gaming. You can also find me there for our my Instagram and my TikTok because you know somebody had to steal the Black Eyes Eight there. But, you know, come find me, guys. Come talk to me. Uh, Again, let us know what you guys think about the episode. Thank you guys for watching. We'll catch you guys next week. Hopefully, we'll have some more news around Activision Blizzard, around a bunch of other random stuff. Um, It's going to be a great year for gaming, guys. Peace. Hiya!